children. Thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. Amen. And I want to talk to you today. Last week we touched a little bit on the oneness of God, um, but we got more into uh, some of the more the moral nature of things. Um, but today I want to talk to you about one God and me. One God and me. Can you say amen? amen? Jesus, we thank you for your word. Your word is powerful. God, we pray that you would anoint and bless this time of teaching and preaching. God, I pray that you would enable us to hear your word and to receive it in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Deuteronomy 6 and 4 is undoubtedly uh, one of the more well-known verses of the Bible. Uh, and that, that is not just for those within our camp, um, but several people look to this verse um, for definition and for understanding of God. These now famous words of Moses regarding the oneness of God have a rich and complex history. We begin with these words because they present, they represent what, they represent and teach um, an idea and a concept that will be threaded throughout the entire Bible. God has delivered Israel out of Egypt and he is now talking to them and he is giving them several instructions and commandments. And the reason for some of these is because God does not want them going back to Egypt. And He does not want them going back to Egypt in any shape, form, or fashion. Amen. God does not want Israel in particular to fall into the polytheism and the idolatry of Egypt or of any other people for that matter. And uh, if you're not familiar with the terms polytheism or idolatry, it is just simply the worship of several gods. And idolatry, uh, for the moment, will just define it as the worship of an image or some sort of a statue that represents a god. Israel had been placed in a special relation to God. Not so that they could enjoy privileges which other nations could not, but so that they could act as God's agents of truth. The purpose that God brought them out of Egypt and the purpose that now God is speaking to them, powerful truths, is because it is their job to receive the truth, to obey that truth, and then to disperse that truth throughout the world. Exodus 19 and 4, the Lord speaks and says, You have seen what I did unto the Egyptians and how I bear you on eagles' wings and brought you unto myself. Now, therefore, if you will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, then you shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people, for all the earth is mine, and you shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. The truth that the Lord God is one is a priceless and essential truth about God. He is a single being and not a vague pantheistic Amen. force. He is not a plethora of gods. 
He is not a multitude of gods. He is not two gods. He is not three gods. He is one God. In the literal sense. He is not comprised of persons or other deities. And since the Lord God is one, there are a lot of gods he is not. Because he is one, there are a lot of gods he is not. Any God that is made up of a multiplicity of gods, he is not one of those. Any God that shares, amen, at the table of other gods, he is not one of those. Amen. Any God that represents or that is representative of some force in nature, he is not that. Amen. Amen. In the scripture, he is clear to the children of Israel that he is none of their local and uh, local deities. Mm -hmm. Uh, He is not Baal. He is not Ashtaroth. He is not Ra, the sun god. He is none of that. He is the Lord God. And they are not. And they are not. Somebody say amen. 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 He is the Lord God and those other gods are not gods. Amen. And and this is an important point. And as, as we go along, you will see exactly why. Moses would only be one among many of the Jewish prophets that would declare that God was absolutely one. Perhaps one of the most prolific prophets regarding God's oneness was the prophet Isaiah. The prophet Isaiah says, Before me there was no God formed, neither shall there be after me. I, even I, am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. Isaiah 43, 10 through 11. I am the first, and I am the last, and besides me there is no God. Isaiah 44 and 6. Is there a God besides me? Yea, there is no God. I know not of any. Isaiah 44 and 8. I am the Lord that maketh all things, that stretcheth forth the heavens alone that spreadeth abroad the earth by myself. Isaiah 44, 24. There is none beside me. I am the Lord and there is none else. Isaiah 45 and 6. There is no God else besides me. A just God and a Savior. There is none beside me. Look unto me and be ye saved all the ends of the earth. For I am the Lord God and there is none else. Isaiah 45, 21 through 22. Remember the former things of old for I am God and there is none else. I am God and there is none like me. Isaiah 46 and 9. I will not give my glory unto another. Isaiah 46 48 and 11. O Lord of hosts, God of Israel, that dwellest between the cherubims, thou art God, even thou alone. Of all the kingdoms of the earth, thou hast made heaven and earth. Isaiah 37 and 16. There is no other God besides God. God is one. He made heaven and earth all by himself. He doesn't share his glory with another. He's not sitting at the table of of gods of this earth. He is God all by himself. Come on, let's worship Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. Everyone say, God is one. Everyone say, God is one. Everyone say, God, he's God by himself. Amen. He is is one. He's God all by himself. He doesn't know of any other gods. There is no God beside him. Amen. People may want to call other things gods, but as far as God is concerned, they don't exist. As far as God is concerned, it's just a bunch of fakery. As far as God is concerned, they never... Uh, Amen. They they never were real. They never will be real. They cannot be real. Amen. God is God all by himself. Amen. Israel constantly diverted from this beautiful truth of there being one God. Many times they did it because their interactions with other peoples 
caused them to do this. And as they begin to journey throughout the wilderness and throughout uh, the Near East, amen, they would come into contact with other people. And perhaps one of the greatest tragedies of all was that they did not see how special they were. They could not perceive, amen, the elevated position that God had given them. They could not appreciate the fact that God had done for them what He had done for no other people. Amen. And so often they would lend themselves to the gods of other people. They would come across people who would tell them that their gods were great, that their gods were powerful, that their gods were in control. And so they gladly, amen, would turn away from God and accept their gods. And even worse, there would be times when they would just take that God and put them on the table with the God of Israel and say they can both be God. But God was strictly against that. There were other times later on in Israel's history where they turned from God because it was a problem from the top down. And what I mean by that was that Israel, amen, as it became politically developed, as they as they, as they left being a Bedouin people that just traveled throughout the desert and begin to have kings, amen, um, they, the kings would sometimes turn away from the God of Israel and they themselves would adopt the gods of other people uh-huh. and then they would make that a national uh, mandate where all the people would also have to honor these gods. Yeah, and sadly enough, there were more than one, uh, there was more than one occasion where Israel chose to obey men rather than God. And I'll just say this now because I've never said it behind this pulpit, but I will say this now because I'm, I'm more than happy to make this declaration. If you ever hear me or anybody behind this pulpit preach that there's more than one God, you go ahead and leave. Hallelujah. Amen. This is not the church for you anymore. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. We believe there's only one God. Amen. We, we don't, we're not, we're not, we're, we're more concerned with what scripture says than what men say. We're more concerned with what the Bible states explicitly than what traditions imply. We're more concerned with what the Bible, amen, states in no uncertain terms, amen, than what people teach out there in the world, amen, amen. Come on, somebody, amen, hallelujah. Anything you hear out there, you better run it through the Bible, amen. Everything you hear out there, you better run it through the Bible. Oh, come on, let's praise Jesus, hallelujah. Israel suffered. When they turned away from one God, they suffered. Um, they suffered numerous exiles and captivities. Now, from the outside looking in, and there are a lot of people that look from the outside towards the inside. They say, well, you know, sure, they were taken captive. Uh, they were in a bad place geographically. Uh, those of you that have been attending our San Leandro Bible study, we talked the other night about how Israel is right between Northern Africa and Asia, or what was Asia Minor. And so when these two massive uh, countries would go to war, they would cross over Israel, and they would stop there many times and take the people captive and, and, and do all kinds of things. And from the outside looking in, it looked like a very common phenomenon, if you could call it that. It looked like something that just happens. They, they just happen to get caught in the crosshairs of two warring nations and no big deal. And, uh, but from the inside looking out, it was a different story. Amen. As far as God was concerned, what was happening to them was happening for a reason. Amen. And it was no coincidence that every time they turned from God, their infrastructure would fall apart. Amen. It was no coincidence that every time they adopted other deities, amen, they would be invaded. It was no coincidence 
that when they begin to bow at the altars of foreign gods, amen, that all of a sudden somebody would come down the road, amen, either from the north or from the south and lead the people away, sometimes for years, amen, amen. In fact, the prophet Jeremiah, who is classified as an exilic prophet, which means that he was a prophet who prophesied when the children of Israel had been taken away from Jerusalem, amen. He elaborates on this idea in 22 and 8 of his book, and he says, and many nations shall pass by the city. Amen. And they shall say every man to his neighbor, wherefore hath the Lord done this unto this great city? Amen. Then they shall answer because they have forsaken the covenant of the Lord their God and worshiped other gods and served them. The Jews went through this over and over and over again. They suffered horribly each time. And when I say horribly, I mean horribly. Their children being killed. Them being killed. Their cities being destroyed. Their entire, their, even, even the remnants of their religious faith being destroyed. Uh, I mean, you name it. They suffered on all levels. Most historians and theologians will agree on this, however. That after they were exiled to Babylon... And they came back. They never worshipped idols again. They never did idolatry again. From that day forward. Amen. When they begin to trickle back into Israel. Amen. Or to Jerusalem, if you will. Amen. They ceased from all idolatrous practices. Uh, in fact, even this, uh, this evening as I was preparing for this message. Uh, there are very few, if any, Amen. Uh, artifacts or even remnants uh, of, of any kind of pagan or idolatrous worship. Amen. After that period, archaeologists cannot find them because the Jews came down so hard on any practice of idolatry. They finally said, you know what? We get the picture. Amen. We understand if we turn from one God, we're going to get in trouble. If we turn from one God, things are going to go bad. If we worship any other deity, we're going to suffer. Our children are going to suffer. Our lives, our lives are going to be devastated. We will not do that anymore. Amen. Hallelujah. Somebody say praise the Lord. Amen. I want to talk to you just for a few moments on the modern application of all of this. And I just want to tell you right off the bat that God is not going to share space with any other God. God is not going to share space in your head or in your heart with any other gods. God is not going to share space in your life with any other gods. God is not going to play second fiddle or even third fiddle to any other God. Amen. God doesn't see anybody worth competing with. Amen. As far as he is concerned, he is the only thing going. Hallelujah. He is the best thing going. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And the incorporation of other gods into our worship. Will be met with negative results. Uh-huh. All right. Amen. It is contrary to the purpose and the plan of God for our lives. Mm-hmm. While many these, while many people these days, Amen, may think of idolatry, Amen, as part of a distant past, Amen. The reality is that it's still happening today. Yes, it it's even happening in the church, yes, Amen. And I just want to say this: I I understand. Um, if I if I were to look at all this objectively, I could actually tell you that I understand how challenging it is to believe in one God. The concept is easy enough. The concept. It's the practice that's complicated. And why is the practice complicated? Because you're being challenged to worship an invisible God. 
You're being told, and you'll, you'll sometimes when you talk to atheists in particular, they'll, they'll always they'll try to make fun of people, and they'll say, oh, you know, you got an imaginary friend. You're the, the big invisible man upstairs. And, um, and what they fail to realize is that God actually chooses to stay invisible. This is his preference. Uh, and he himself, to, to complicate matters, not only says... Am I the invisible God? And you will not have any others. He goes on to say, nor will you attempt to make any shape or fashion of me or nothing. So not only do am I invisible, I will stay invisible to you. And you won't make little statues of me. And you won't try to make any little representations of me either. So this, this poses a challenge to people because, you know, people want to touch stuff. We're tactile. Yeah, amen. Man, we want we want touchscreen phones, and 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 we want to we want to be able to tell people when they ask, "Where is your God?" We could say, "Right here." And so we feel challenged and we feel perplexed at times, and unfortunately, many people deal with this very differently. For many people, the difficult relationship to the invisible God is channeled through another source, one that appears honorable, communicable, and above all, visible. And now I'm going to be talking to us about how a lot of modern Christians practice idolatry and don't even know it. It may appear that idol worship has ceased, but that is only in the classical sense. Modern idolatry is anything that either disproportionately consumes your thoughts, actions, or resources, and that take your focus off of God. What am I talking about? Anything. Anything can become an idol. The list is endless. The list is endless. So I'm just going to talk to you about a few things and then let you go. Because it it should get uncomfortable. Hallelujah. And when people start to wiggle, you might as well let them go. I want to talk to you about some idols in the church. Amen. People can be an idol. People can be an idol. Many people in our lives can take the front seat. Amen. Many people in our lives can take the front seat. You know what? When it comes time to make decisions, when it comes time, amen, to make choices, when it comes time to determine what you are going to do, amen, you must get on your knees and pray. You must look at the word of God and say, what is it telling me to do? What is God telling me to do? But I'm not going to just hand over, amen, I'm not just going to hand over the, 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 uh, the driver's seat, amen, to anybody and everybody, amen. A lot of people get themselves in all kinds of trouble. Amen. Because they're more than happy to hand over the reins of their life to anyone. Amen. Some people, amen, do it for all kinds of different reasons. But I want you to know that if you do that, you are liable to get yourself in trouble with God. You are liable to get yourself in trouble with God. Amen. People can be an idol. People that consume our thoughts. People that consume your thoughts. You know what? Today, today I was talking about somebody that's always in my headspace. And I said, you know what? I got to I got to I got to push this person out of my headspace. It's nobody here. So don't worry. Praise God. You're clear. Praise God. You're clear for takeoff. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. But, you know, sometimes 
Sometimes there's a person that can take up residence in your head. And all of a sudden, everything you do and every action you make, you start filtering it through some imaginary conversation with that person. And what would they think? And, 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 and you say something and then all of a sudden you, you imagine how they would answer. And all of a sudden, you're, you're, you're not thinking about God. Amen. You're so, you're so worshipped. You're so focused. Your obedience is not directed towards God. It's directed towards this imaginary person. Amen. Maybe they're even real, but they're just consuming a whole lot of energy. They're just consuming a whole lot of headspace. They're just consuming a whole lot of thoughts. I'm telling you right now, you need to get yourself free from that. You need to get yourself delivered from that. Amen. We don't, we don't have other gods around here. Hallelujah. And when it comes time to figure out what to do with my life, I'm looking to the word of God. And when it comes time to figure out how to live my life, I'm going to the prayer room. Hallelujah. And then when it comes time to figure out how I'm, how I'm supposed to look, how I'm supposed to dress, what I'm supposed to do, how I'm supposed to conduct myself, I'm going to the word. I'm going in prayer. I'm going to Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Because there is no God besides him. Hallelujah. There is no God besides him. And I'm looking to please him. I'm looking to make him happy. I'm looking. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We don't worship our spouse. And spouses don't ask their spouse to worship them. You know, you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. We all laugh and giggle. But you'd be surprised what some spouses ask of other spouses. You'd be, su- you'd be surprised. How some people are willing to terminate a relationship because they are not, amen, everything in, in the other person's mind. Listen, as far as maritally, relationally, there should be nobody else in your mind. That, God even gives your husband or your wife their own little compartment. Uh-huh. But wives, we don't ask our husbands to bow down and worship us. Right. Thank you, Sister Mary. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Husbands, we don't ask our wives to bow down and worship us. And somebody might be saying, I've never asked my wife to bow down and worship me. Amen. Somebody might be saying, well, I've never asked my husband to bow down and worship me. Amen. Hallelujah. Let me tell you something. Amen. You got to make sure that you are giving your spouse sufficient time to worship God, to pray, to be devoted to God. Hallelujah. I'm not, I'm, you know what? There came a time in my wife's life and in, in, in my life. Amen. I remember one day I just looked over at my wife and I asked her point blank, do you, do you feel like you're praying? Now, now let me tell you something. My wife prays every day. And yes, I'm bragging on my woman. Hallelujah. My wife prays every day. But I remember praying one day and our baby was, uh, we had just had our first daughter. And I just felt like she wasn't tapping in. And she turned around and she said, she said to me, she said, you know, I'm praying, but I, I just don't feel like I'm tapping in. And I said, all right, then we got to free her up so that she can pray. I'm going I'm to have to pray a little later or a little earlier and hold the baby and make sure that she's not just in there talking, but that she's in there talking to Jesus. And I, cause, cause, cause that's my wife needs to be a worshiper. My wife only worships one God. My wife's not worshiping the baby. Amen. My wife's not even worshiping motherhood or 
being a wife. My wife, my wife is entitled and God expects to have a very deep and personal, intimate, solo relationship with her. And I got to make provision for it. And I got to make space for it. When you ask, when you see your husband praying, don't leave him alone. Praise God. When you see your wife praying, leave her alone. Praise God. Let them talk to Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Amen. We, we got to, we worship one God. We worship one God and we do it from the heart. And we do it with all our might, with all our strength. Amen. Hallelujah. Potential spouses are not to be worshipped. Hey, I can only talk to the guys. I'm not going to talk to the girls here quite yet. You know what, guys? You're less likely to get her if you start worshipping her anyways. Never failed. The guys that, that chased and chased and, and just... Bugged and bugged, never got her anyways. Because believe it or not, some people don't want to be worshipped. Some people don't want to be your idol. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Somebody say praise God. And ladies, if he don't want to be with you, let him go. We don't worship him either. Praise God. Amen. God could bring another man. Praise God. God got plenty of them. They're all over the planet. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Somebody say praise the Lord. Your boss is not God. Your child is not God. God is God. And God is God alone. Amen. And I'll tell you who else is not God. Is any entertainer. No entertainer is God. No movie actor. No singer. Gospel or otherwise. Amen. We, we ain't into that. Stand on the stage and I'm going to just scream and lose my mind. We ain't doing that. Well, it got real quiet. Praise God. We ain't doing that. Amen. We ain't doing that for nobody. Praise God. We're not bowing. We're not, we're not, we're not bowing like that towards anybody. Amen. Hallelujah. We're not losing our mind. Amen. Over Beyonce or anybody else for that matter. Praise God. Amen. We're not, we're not doing none of that stuff. Amen. We don't worship nobody like that. Amen. We worship God and God alone. Praise God. You know, and I'm telling you, it irritates me to no end. It irritates me to no end that nobody is critical of anybody at the Beyonce concert. Nobody is critical of anybody, amen, uh, of anybody's fandom for whoever. But but we come into church and we're like, man, I wish Sister So-and-so would just keep it a little quiet. Does he need to clap that loud? Don't they, don't they, do, there is, do they need to dance? But nobody's doing that at the concerts. We ought to be ashamed of ourselves if we ever criticize worship. I mean, that's one thing I just don't do. I don't. I don't care how funny the person looks. I don't care how funny they may sound. I don't care how it may appear to me. Hallelujah! I just don't make fun of worship because it belongs to God. It belongs to God. It belongs to God. And God gets jealous when that goes to somebody else. And God gets jealous when we're not dancing in here, but we're dancing at the club. And God gets jealous and God gets upset when we're singing, clapping, and losing our minds to some celebrity somebody. And we come into church and we get, we get quiet. All right, all right, all right, all right. 
And we get distracted. We become critical of the music. And reserved. But we're not that anywhere else. We don't worship pastors. We, praise God. I'm the pastor and I'm saying that. We don't worship pastors. There's two kinds of pastor worship that goes on in the church. The first is celebrity pastor. We talk about celebrity. We don't. We, anyways, there's celebrity pastor. Uh-huh. Yeah. He's dripping in Gucci. <laughs> he prophesies every three minutes. Uh-huh. It's always good. Uh-huh. It's non-judgmental. Uh-huh. You know, nobody questions his behavior. Uh-huh. Nobody questions. Nobody questions what they do. Uh-huh. We, we don't do that. Yeah. We don't worship pastors. Amen. And we don't we, we don't even gravitate towards people that, that live ostentatiously. We don't do that. We just don't do that. We don't we don't do that for our own good. I, I just feel like I should be getting bigger amens in this. Praise God. I'm telling you, Christianity is getting ruined because of celebrity pastors. We also don't have we also don't have we don't worship cult personality pastors. You know, and, and let me tell you this. I'm, I'm very careful with how involved I get in any of your lives. Uh, there's just the whole sector of your life that's between you and Jesus. I want I don't want to know anything about it. And, and nobody else in this church should want to get nobody else in this church should be crossing those lines. You, you, you got to work your salvation out with fear and trembling. And uh, yes, you do. Hallelujah. Um, but I don't ever want to I don't ever want to occupy a place in your life to where. You know, like when you see me coming, you're like, here's pastor. And the scripture specifically talks about I, people that are eye pleasers and men pleasers. Basically, their, their behavior is contingent on the fact that the ministry is watching them. You know. Do you like if you're out of control, I will come talk to you anyway. So just do you. But but don't develop don't develop this personality with the pastor. Like, man, we 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 fear pastor. I I just I I could. You know what? I understand fearing God. I understand being respectful and reverent. I understand that, you know, there's a certain amount of respect that we ought to have for the ministry. I understand that. I understand that. But we are not to fear people. Pastors included. We are not. We are. I don't. You you will never hear me get up here and 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 try to make remarks in hopes of threatening you. I just don't even like the word fear and pastor in the same sentence. We're just not going to do that. We're just not going to do that. You better fear God. You better fear God. Because God ain't playing. But, but I will say this. 
We're not going to develop this relationship with, with, with personality pastors. We're not going to do that. My goal and my objective, and I hope I do a good job by the time we, we wrap things up here in East Bay Bible Fellowship. I hope that by the time we're done, if we've accomplished nothing else, is we've encouraged people to go to the Bible. We've encouraged people to go to God in prayer. We've encouraged people. We've encouraged people to seek God. We've encouraged people, amen, to understand that there's order in the world, amen. We've encouraged people to understand, amen, that the church is a place where we should be growing, not shriveling. That the church is a place where we ought to be flourishing, amen, not shrinking. That the church is a place where we ought to learn how to win souls and win others, amen. Hear truth, obey truth, disperse truth, hallelujah. I hope that by the time we're done here, amen, we don't do things because somebody's watching. We do things because we love God. We do things because we're obedient to the word. We do things his work. Come on, somebody. Yeah. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, come on. Let's lift our hands and pray right now, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, I praise you. Come on, we worship one God. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. Somebody say praise the Lord. Praise All right, we're almost done here. I know I know we're, it's, it, we're, we're going in, but we're going in. Praise God. Amen. We, we worship one God. Amen. I'll tell you what else can be an idol. And we only have one more point after this, and then we're done. It's your challenges. If there's one thing that can always take a person's eyes off God, it's their challenges. Sometimes the smaller the challenge, the easier it is to distract us. You know, I'm not going to lie to you. I, I, I'm constantly having to check myself because I can get so focused on my problems. I can get so focused on my finances, so focused on my health, so focused on 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 the flat tire, so focused on 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 this, that, and the other, and all of a sudden, yeah, it's true. God is just a million miles away. Uh-huh. Yeah. All right. Come on, somebody. My challenges, my 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 diabetes, my bad back, my. My 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 bunions, whatever that that that's not God either. And I'm I'm gonna talk to some of you who have deep personal struggles, and all of us have our own deep personal struggles. Let me tell you something about your deep personal struggle. It's a lot easier to overcome it when you take it off the throne and you say, you know what? There's nobody greater than my God, and I just believe. I just believe that if I'll get my eyes on him, and I just believe that if I can talk to him, if I, I just believe that if I can hit the prayer room and lift these hands and praise him, amen, when they hurt, and praise him when I'm tired, and praise him when I'm weak, and praise him when I'm poor, and praise him when I'm sick, I just believe that God can see me through this. I just believe that God will take the throne. I just believe that God will deliver me. I just believe that God. Somebody, let's magnify Jesus right 
Hallelujah. I'm telling you, God ain't going to share the table with sickness. God ain't going to share the table with I'm broke. I was at Ross today. Praise God. And I'm telling you, I got convicted. There's this woman shopping. And every little thing she found, well, you know, Ross is all deals, you know. <laughs> but she was shouting hallelujah over every red tag. Come on. I was like, man, this lady's really excited about being at Ross. And I'm not kidding. She was like shouting hallelujah in the, in the clearance aisle at Ross. And I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, of course everything there is $5. <laughs> This is Ross. But she was just so, so, so praise happy. Now one of the coworkers said, how are you doing? She said, I am excited. And she said it like that was her name. And you know, Brother Hanninger, I thought to myself, Man, what would happen to the people of God? What if we just, what if we just, what if we just got excited about life? What if we just, what if we just, you know what? She looked like she had a lot to complain about. I'm just going to keep it real with you. Amen. But she was not letting that stuff get her down. Amen. Hallelujah. She was wobbling through the aisles, but she wasn't letting that get her down. She looked like she had a bad foot. She wasn't letting that get her down. Hallelujah. She, she was at Ross. She wasn't letting that get her down. Praise God. She was shining Ross. She was excited. She was excited. She realized, you know what? This is where I'm at. God's blessing me. God's good. I'm excited. Hallelujah. At some point, we got to just start talking different. At some point, we got to just quit praising our problems and start praising our God. At some point, we got to stop worshiping and bowing down at the feet of our sickness, of our our dysfunctional family, whatever it is, and worship God. And, I, and here, here, is, here is a threat. I'm threatening you at this point. Not me. I'm not going to do nothing to you. But I'm telling you, you give those things. You give people. You give challenges. The throne, you're going to pay for it. And listen, I, let, me, let me clarify this because I, I don't like seeing this. I've seen where Christians, you know, they got all kinds of trouble going on and they pretend like it's not going on. I'm not talking about that. I know people, life's falling apart. They'll be like, oh, praise God. God's so wonderful. Jesus. And you know what? I'll take this to the extreme. I've seen people lose their life. I've seen people dying, Uh pretending like they're not sick. I'm talking literally now. Uh And they think that any kind of Grievance or any kind of pain or any kind of expression of pain is, is like you, you don't have faith. You don't claim your faith. Uh-huh. I'm not talking about that. Amen. We're not talking. If you hurt, go ahead and hurt. Yeah. Man, if you sick, you go ahead. Man, if you got a bad doctor's report, go ahead and bring that to church. We'll all lay hands. We'll pray. Uh-huh. Amen. And you ever need somebody to cry on, man, we'll cry with you. Yeah. Yeah. We're not going to pretend like things don't exist. Hallelujah. That's not what I'm talking about. But I'm talking about when... When, when no matter what you're going through, Come on. Yes, sir. you just, whatever it is that you say, just make sure you always appendix that yeah. with God, 
God is on my side. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I do know this. I'm going to be praying. I'm a little confused, but I know God's not the author of confusion. You know what? I got sickness in my body, but I know my God's a healer. And I know he's a healer even if he don't heal me. Because you don't have to heal me to be a healer. And I know that even if I got to walk through the valley of the shadow of death, he's with me. But the one thing I'm not going to do is give the throne to my challenges. And I'm not going to give the throne to people. Somebody say amen. Amen. And we're closing with this. Things can become idols. This has been America's Achilles heel. Keeping up with the Joneses. In today's economy, this idea of social inferiority based on possessions has resulted in crippling amounts of debt and even and has even contributed to uh, the housing market crash and all kinds of other problems these insurmountable debts have wrecked many good marriages debt will wreck a marriage destroyed lives and rendered entire households unproductive You listen to me good, and I'm closing. Your self-worth is not predicated on anything in your closet. It is not not predicated by the car that you drive. It is not predicated. Listen, we're living in a society today... Let me explain to you what, 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 what the world has done. Let me, let me explain to you what has happened in America first. You know, for years, there was no diversity in products. Like if you wanted a car, you were going to get a black one. Because that's the only kind they made. Like the first cars, the Model T's, and I think it was, it was Ford himself who said, you can have anyone you want as long as it's black. Because that's the only guy we make. And everything people bought was pretty standardized. They, they just didn't have time to switch out colors and threads and, and paint. And they, they, that was just not in, in the budget. But eventually competition started getting involved. And what happened was industry said, you know what? What consumers really want is individuality. They want to feel different than the guy next door. They want to feel special. Because you know what? We all shout in here in church. But you know what? Me telling you, you know what? God loves you. You're special. You'd be like, amen. But you kind of don't believe that. But... But let you get a pair of shoes that nobody else has. And I'll watch your amen go up. I know people 
that before they buy things will ask themselves, who else has this? Because if it's owned by too many people, they will not purchase it. That's how they select their clothing, according to how many other. Because I'm not going to wear some that everybody else has. Right. See, then ain't nobody shouting at me now. I'm riding solo up here. That's all right. I got one God with me. Hallelujah. Let's go. I'm going to keep on preaching. And you see that, that. That is an effect of the market, of being part of a market society, of a consumer society. And, and these industries have said, you know what? I know how to get in your head. I know what you want. You want to feel different. You want to feel special. And so I'm going to make the same car, but in 50 different colors. And if you pay extra, I'll paint it any color you want because I know you want to feel special. Right. Oh, you want peanut butter interior? We got you. Right. Anything to make you feel special. You don't want your Camry to look like their Camry. Right. Right. Yeah. This is true. Yeah. And if you can get the peanut butter interior, you know you're better. Right. Come on now. And you know everybody's everybody's in agreement with this, but. But, but do we believe this? Amen. Do we believe this? Amen. Can, we, can we embrace, you know what, if I get the peanut butter interior or if I get the fuzzy stuff? Uh-huh. I'm a child of God. I got a relationship with God. And don't, don't get yourself. There'll be times God will bless you and give you something nobody else has. There'll be times God will give you, you know, cream of the crop. There'll be times God will just be so good to you. You'll just get, you know, one of 12. I don't know. God's just good like that. But you know what? 52 weeks out of the year, none of that stuff matters. You know what? Getting ahead in, in light of heaven, none of that stuff matters. In light of, come on, amen. When you compare that stuff to having a good marriage, none of that stuff matters. Amen. When you compare that to having happy kids that are saved, that love Jesus, none of that matters. When you think about having good, good mental hygiene, none of that matters. Hallelujah. When you think about getting a healing, a miracle in your life, being blessed, being prospered, being strong, having faith and courage, hallelujah. None of that matters. Hallelujah. Being able to hear the voice of Jesus in the morning. None of that matters. Praise God. I don't care what kind of car I get in. And I'm not preaching against having quality items. I'm not. I'm preaching about letting quality items make you feel that you are of a different quality person. Somebody needs to help me preach. We don't worship things. You see, you see for the Israelites, and we're closing, for the Israelites and for us, Our sense of self-worth comes from the fact that we are made in the image of the one God. I'm made in God's image. And that's why people can't treat me however they want. And that's why I can't even do certain things to myself because I don't belong to me. I belong to him. And that's why I'm loved in the Camry and in the Mercedes. And I'm loved in Uber. And I'm loved on a bus pass. And I'm loved on my line bike. And I'm loved when I'm hoofing it. These things don't determine my self-worth. And so I will not be 
I will not be trampling over people at Walmart or Best Buy the day after Thanksgiving. I'm not going to be stepping on nobody to get a flat screen monitor. While supplies last, there's a factory making millions of them. We're just not doing that. You can do it if you want to, but there's a price to pay. Because God will say, you know what? Peanut butter interior ain't over me. And Givenchy shoes ain't over me. I'm going to let you go now. I'm going to let you go now. Let's all stand. Praise God. Amen. We're not preaching against having. We're not preaching against possessions. We're preaching against being possessed by possessions. Somebody say amen. Let's lift our hands right now and pray. Come on. Hallelujah, Jesus. Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, we praise you. Hallelujah, come on. I want us to pray with one another right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want you to pray for the person next to you if it's appropriate. I want you to pray that God would make them a worshiper. That God would give them a heart of worship. That they not think less of themselves because they're sick. That they not think less of themselves because they don't have what others have. Hallelujah. That they not lose sight of the God that created them. I want you to pray for the person next to you. That nobody would dominate their thoughts. That nobody, hallelujah, would have them living in fear. But that they would be free to think about God. To worship Him in, his, in their thoughts. And their emotions. Hallelujah, Jesus. Come on, let's pray. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. 